Um, hello and welcome to the Bryce cast. I am, of course, Bryce, bringing you through everything we'll be talking about over the next hour and a bit. But more importantly, joining me here this time, back-to-back world champion, and he also has another world championship. Uh, it's Clayster. Clay, how are you? What's up, man? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. It's, uh, it's, I'm glad to have you on. Um, like I said before, you know, it's, it's fantastic. You've uh, given me your time to talk through what an incredible career you have and, and any tangents we end up going on. Um, but yeah, like it's, uh, this is an interesting one because I remember speaking to you, like people that obviously I spoke to you briefly before we, we did this. And I said, look, I'd like to do careers of players and, and, and walk through the history and stuff. And yours is long and ridiculous. Like it is an incredible <laughs> career so far. Yeah, man, it's been a long one, I would say. A pretty long one so far. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to skip over some parts, because otherwise, like I said, it'll take, it'll take five hours if I don't. Uh, so I don't think I need to cover anything COD 4, but, you know, your early days of getting into COD competitive, what kind of switched you onto this track? Um, Yeah, I mean, for me, I've always been a relatively competitive video game player. I grew up with two older brothers and a dad who all played and they all had friends who played and I was like the youngest of the bunch. And so I was always trying to like compensate and I could never play like athletic stuff with them because they were like four, eight years older than me. So like, you know, I can't go out in the backyard and play football with them or something. Um, so it was always, we were naturally competing in video games. And so I was just always competitive, always competitive, kind of like would play a lot of Halo competitively and actually like was trying to go to events in Halo two for like competitive stuff when I was like 12, 13, um, but my like parents wouldn't let me. And so I uh, was a like, big Halo fanboy. And then COD 4 came out, loved COD 4, got to max prestige in that in like a month. And then was looking for something like more to do because it's like once you can't rank up your level anymore, uh, what are you going to do? So found game battles through that way. Uh, you know, started playing with real life friends, realized I was like way better than them. And, you know, it's funny that we, me and my like real life friends, I'm still friends with them to this day. And they're like, dude, it's crazy. Like back then, you know, we were like playing on a GB team together, like trying to get like more wins than losses. And now it's like, you know, three time world champs. So um, <laughs> it, it just started off like that, man. And, and really was uh, just competing early days of COD 4 and game battles uh, <clears throat> in the last half of 2008. I started playing in like the PCLs, the pro circuit ladder, which was online league. And that's all there was for COD. Uh, got like top 16 in the first one I played in, got like top eight in the second one I played in. And that's really where my, my competitive career took off was playing in those first two PCLs online. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, slightly similar to how I ended up getting into Call of Duty competitive because I, I used to be all about that Halo life. And uh, it was addicting, man. Back in those days, you saw that you saw the you saw MLG was a big one for me. I like, used to love watching MLG. Uh, and then, yeah, I kind of started on COD 4 as well. But yeah, you can see here you competed in a few bits. There's uh, there's there's some there's some history here, but I think, and, and like I said, I want to jump forward now because there is so much to cover in your career. It's actually insane. Um, skip like three games here. Oh, I am. I am <laughs> gonna skip like three games and just go straight into like I think one of the big ones, like the the frag cut back in the day, was obviously like a massive thing just in Black Ops Two, and people mm-hmm. dismiss it now. But like back then, the frag cut was huge for for Call of Duty esports. Like so many people wanted to play it. Yeah, so many people started watching and like Ghost or AW or even Black Ops Three. And uh, people don't understand the importance of these online tournaments that we had back then. There wasn't a lot of like 
regular tournaments to play. There wasn't any regular tournaments to play in really. Uh, Frag Cup was like the go-to. It was like five grand tournament, which was huge back then. I remember like the tournaments we'd play in, you would win like, if you won an online tournament, you the biggest one you might win like 750 each and and so like frag cup was a big deal you win like a thousand bucks each or something and uh like dude people tried so hard in those frag cups those frag cups were like some of the sweatiest tournaments i've ever played in like people wanted to win those more than anything so like there's so much history from like cod 4 to black ops 2 that's kind of lost and at least black ops 1 and mw3 were kind of documented a little bit but cod 4 world at war mw2 like none of that really has like the history there for it and, it and it's pretty funny because people look back nowadays and they're like oh crim only has 31 not 32 because he's counting the frag cup <laughs> tournament and it's like well those then, frag yeah. cups were harder to win than a tournament in modern warfare was like that's for <laughs> sure <laughs> now i've always said like recency bars is such a problem in call of duty i think like i remember back then like I know, even at big lands back then, I know for a fact that players were going dumb hard. It's not like everybody was relaxed or anything. Like, competition is still there because we've still got people winning now. Um, so I've got to, uh, I've got to kind of focus in here on the very first one. Um, Call of Duty Championship 2013. Now, a lot of people don't know in this that you qualified for this uh, with a, with a pretty good team at the time, right? And then weren't allowed to play with them. Uh, and very swiftly, this is probably one of the reasons you like so much of the European community loves you, Clay, is that you took three Europeans to to come out with you. Yeah, that was a rough one. Honestly, <laughs> that's I love the I love all those dudes to death. Like it was so the whole story behind it is I was looking for a team after the first event of Black Ops 2, I teamed with Rambo, Parasite, and Intake. And a lot of people probably don't know who Intake is, but he was kind of like an objective player back in the day. Uh Jake, good guy. Um, anyways, that team broke up, and I was looking for a team to play MLG Dallas with because that was like the qualifier for Black Ops 2 champs. And uh, you could qualify through eight teams through league play, I think, or like 16 teams had to like qualify through league play in the game. And then the other six, eight were determined. I don't know. It was like eight were determined by the top eight. At <laughs> it wasn't event. good. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a great system, and, but. And I was looking for a team, couldn't find one. Everybody's kind of like, I had taken a break from COD. So people are like, he's washed up. He's no good anymore. Um, and, you know, I was looking for a team and <laughs> actually. So ironic that the people are saying that back then, yeah. right? But yeah. carry on, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. In, in 2013, that was the, the conception was that I was washed <laughs> up and not good anymore. So it is definitely funny uh, to now. Um, but so actually, Embos, uh, me and him had become friends just through gaming. Uh, he ended up being like, Hey, there's these kids that are really good. I was supposed to play with them, but I got another offer. You should go play with them. And it turned out to be spacely slacked in huddle. And a lot of people might not know who huddle is, but spacely and slacked is still, you know, name brand names, uh, in call of duty. Now spacely and challengers slacked uh, in the pro league last year. Um, and really we, they were all like 15, 16 and 16 years old. And I was 21 at the time. And so I was just like, all right, there's some kids. They were actually really annoying to play with. We would be scrimming I'd mute them all the time, but <laughs> we ended up working out well together and uh, went to the event and got second, but they weren't 18. So they couldn't play at BO2 champ. So I was like, all right, I got to make a crazy decision now. Like, yeah. And this was honestly one of the hardest decisions I had ever made um, because of my unique situation. I needed three teammates but all the other teams who qualify with someone under 18 only needed like one, like three of them were over 18. They just need to replace one. So like I was trying to make a team of like me, John Dito and somebody else, but 
I had a longer deadline to make my team than the, the other teams that needed one. Yeah. So all these other teams like fear was just like, oh, we're picking this guy up. You know, I think Dito went and played for somebody called like Donut Shop or something. So then I was left yeah. trying to pick up a team who didn't qualify. And that became a lot harder. And I remember I was like an option between uh, Silly, Shills, and Enzo, who honestly was actually probably a good, like the best decision I could have made. And then another one was like Gucci, Chino, and someone else, it was like Hex P, it was the name of their team. And then the other one was Gunshi, Tommy, and Shane. And it was such a hard decision. <laughs> and I, I went with the Europeans because they were the only team that had experience at champs. And they had like played at COD XP, which was the million dollar tournament for MW3. And so I went with them because it was like, They've been on the stage. They've all gotten top eight. They're not going to get nervous at champs. And that's what I was looking for. I was like, I was like worried about people getting nervous because this was still like super in the infancy of Call of Duty competitive. So it's like, I need some competitors. And so that's why I went with them. We got zero practice in together until we played at the tournament together. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it just was not, it, it didn't work out well. That chance actually... I wish that chance could just get like removed because like my average is so good. If you just remove that top 24, I have like a 2.28 placing at chance without that thing. So I don't know. It was, it was a rough one, but I feel like every competitor, every good top player in call of duty has screwed up at champs once. Like there's not a player that really has like successfully placed well in every chance across like five plus of them. And so it's like, Hey, at least I got mine out of the way early. So then the next seven were, you know, I at least made it to top eight. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's a shame because I remember the the hype back then about that team being formed and stuff. And obviously European bias coming in that team should have done better than top 24 uh, at champs, but it's one of those ones that never happened. Fortunately, after that defeat, things started going much better and it's the beginning of the complexity era of call of duty which is definitely one of my favorite eras of all time it's just it's such an interesting way that it was back then with how dominating the team was but how did that team come about and and what was different about them yeah so i i'd been i'd known aches and crim for a long time and that's something that not even a lot of people nowadays know it's just like so much stuff gets lost to the ether you know like the history just goes um but i actually in 2010 teamed with aches and in late 2008 teamed with crim and so like cod four with crim and mw2 with aches and like me and aches actually played competitively together in mw2 i was a team of me him croster uh and some some guy named sin and uh, we got second in both the Xbox and PlayStation PCL 2 of 2010. So it was Modern Warfare 2, uh, the second PCL of the year, and it was both the Xbox and PlayStation version. We got second together. So I'd known, like, aches from competitively for a long time. I'd known Krim. We were the number one GB team for a long time. It was actually a team called Crown Victorious, which is what we made the Empire hashtag. So it was kind of like a cool, like, throwback. Um, and... So they had been like talking to me for a while. And then I think we ended up beating them at, uh, I'm not, it was, I think maybe Dallas, we beat them like the yeah. first event. And then I kind of played pretty well at champs and they realized that I was really good with the foul. And so then they're like, Hey, do you want to come like, just play with us? And then the foul got banned like three weeks later <laughs> and they were like, uh, yeah. you know, like, should we keep them? And so then I was ended up being pretty good with the M8 and really they just like, as soon as champs was over, 
uh crim hit me up i went up to their hotel room it was crim axt and mr x and they're like hey we want you on the team and i'm like all right cool <laughs> let's do, no, let's do i've it. just done really badly i am in <laughs> yeah like like uh let me think about it okay yeah i'm down because like you the thing was with unite um and space to huddle and slack i had told him like when i joined the team i was like you know if i get an offer to join you know cole or, or somebody good I'm going to go take that offer. And they're like, that's fine. But until you take that offer, you're going to play with us. So, um, yeah, it was, it was mainly just like, that's how it worked out. It was, uh, something where we were kind of calling back our past competitiveness. And this was only 2013. So it was only a few years later. Like now it's like, oh, 2010 was a decade ago, but at the time it was only like three years, still pretty fresh. So, um, we just all were friends through that and uh, ended up being a pretty good team. I mean, a, a pretty good team is yeah. <laughs> is understating it. First three events wins. A uh, couple of 5K series in between. Gfinity 2 win. MLG 4 Invitational win. ESWC 13 win. Basically, the rest of Black Ops 2 was a lock for complexity. Why? Like, how? I mean, the, I do have a slight inkling to this, Clay, because I have seen it at things like ESWC, the final event of the year in the calendar back then. I remember watching like Mr. X and Teep still breaking down breaks and stuff when they only probably had like two more matches to play in the entire event. Was it just more that the team was able to kind of more dial in and, and break down gameplay faster than anyone else? Um, I think what made us special was uh, a combination of a bunch of things. I think, number one, we were the first team that had the talent to like, it was your first quote unquote super team. And, you know, in impact tried to do that with their teams. And, you know, some of the older, like BO one MW three teams try to do that, but there was always kind of that weak link and our weak link was teep, but he could have been a main slayer on any other team. And so we really were the first team to do that, like really heavy skill based team and like screw the tactics. Like we all know how to play. We all taught each other how to play. Like we don't need that. And we don't need a strat caller or, or like somebody we have a coach. We have Mr. X, like he can do all that while we just slay. And I think you combine that with the determination and the motivation and like the kind of passion that we had to win. Like we all needed to win to like, for each of us, it was a different thing. Like for me, I needed to pay my rent and like pay my bills <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And then like for Krim, he needed to prove to his parents that this was a valid career choice. And, you know, TP had to prove to his parents that like, this is better to do than call it. You know, like everyone had something to prove and we had a motto. It was first ones in the building, last ones to leave. So like we were the first ones there every day when the doors opened up and we were the last ones to leave at the end of the day when we had won the tournament. And that was just kind of our motto. Every tournament was first ones there, last ones to leave. And we were, we, we stuck by that, you know, we were getting up on time before like gamers were getting up on time. You know, we were getting up at 7am to be there at 830 and be like fed, ready to go, have everything we need, like warming up. And then we're sitting down on main stage three hours later and killer comes running in the door with his <laughs> controller and a, and a hair dryer bag, you know, like that's, that, that's how it was. And we just wanted it more than anyone else. And then we were willing to put forth the time. We had the best team comp. We had the best skill. We had the best comms. Um, and we also had the best tactics. I mean, there's still some stuff we did in black ops too, that people still don't talk about. Like, like crim and them played a black. Go ahead. Uh, sorry Go to interrupt you there. So there is a question about that. I wanted to ask because, Complexity were also known for playing mind games back in the day um, with other teams. But I remember there being something, and I wanted to ask you this because you'll have to correct me. 
Something about taking extreme conditioning over lightweight off the break allowed you to get to the hard point at the same time as the, as the lightweight players, but allowed you to take something else in that lightweight slot. And, and it was something that no other team did. It was, it was little things like that that I remember hearing about complexity. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what, we, what, what makes me and Krim so good together. And that's what makes Ace think the same way, what Teep thinks the same way, uh, Mr. X. Like, we all devised this take-every-advantage strategy that we could take. Like, every little edge, if it's a 0.1% plus for us, we're going to take it. Like, if, it's gonna, if we can do something more efficiently and get it, like, get it there a half a second, a tenth of a second faster – then it's going to, you know, every little bit adds up. And that's just stuff we did back then where extreme, there was some extreme conditioning where like you ran faster down a, like stairs with extreme than you did lightweight. So if you spawned on like the laundry side of raid, you'd pop on extreme to get down those stairs a little faster. And then you'd get to the hill like a quarter of a second faster. So it was like weird stuff like that. We would, uh, three of us would switch between stuns, EMPs, and nades. Yeah. And we had like a constant cycle every time, to, every two lives, we would all switch and we would call it like, we'd be like switch. And like, everybody would just switch their stuff real quick, had our classes lined up in specific ways. So we could always be like one slot away of where we needed to switch from and kind of like coordinated that throughout all of us. And it was really just just really tight strategy and kind of edging out every advantage you can get. And that's why like me and Krim this year were so good together because we did that same type of thing. I mean, we were, we were tuning Astro command center frequencies to hear footsteps louder. Like, you know, we were, we were doing everything you could possibly do to get a legal advantage in the game. And, you know, we would like go to ref be like, Hey, is this allowed? Or go to the CDL. Hey, is this allowed? Yeah, it's allowed. All right, cool. We're going to use it. Like, there's no reason not to in, in a situation where you're playing for this much money and you're playing for your careers, you're playing for the notoriety, you're, you're playing to be the best in the world yeah. at a game tens of millions of people play. Like, you got to take everything you can you get, you know? No, I, I, I fully agree. Like I said, I feel like, I feel like it's taken like, I don't know how many years, like eight, six years for that to become more common now like i feel like yeah. there's a big gap of people just not doing it like on yeah. mass for a long time and obviously you know back then the money wasn't anything like now even with all those firsts i think it's less than 100k you guys earned as a team and, that was, and yeah. that's still that back then a lot of money a lot of money but now you know that's that's considered a minor <laughs> essentially yeah. most events um i wish i could like win all those black ops 2 tournaments now or like back in aw did that would have been nice because <laughs> we we did not make very much money winning those tournaments and we won like all of them and made like 25k after taxes 20k yeah like, which is insane right it's insane with no though. salary so that was like all the money we made that's yeah. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, you ended off uh, ended off Black Ops 2 with a bang, and we kind of move forward now into, into Ghosts, and we have to talk about this because it is one of the, the big stories of, obviously, your career and complexity and, and everything that's going on in history. You looked like you had a really good start into, into Ghosts, and then there was a, a team change, uh, an infamous team change, if anything. What happened from your point of view? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm... I'm... I've now been dropped off three teams <laughs> after winning an event. Like that's gotta be the most unlucky, lucky thing I've ever heard. Like it's lucky to win the tournaments, but three times and two of them being champs, which is pretty crazy. We'll get to that. I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> this one, Oh man, it, I used to say it was all them, 
but now I've grown up to the point where I can kind of look back. Like it was definitely a bit of everything. Um, it was one part me being pretty egotistical and kind of an asshole and like, you know, winning that was our fourth straight seven out of eight first event of the year. I dropped like second best KD. Um, I think that's right when I started dating Luna for the first time. So I thought I was super hot shit, like was just like huge head, huge, <laughs> gigantic, massive head. And so I was a bit of an asshole and, you know, a bit, a bit standoffish. Um, but that's not to say that the team environment that I was in, we were super toxic to each other. Like me, Cram, Aches, and, and X, like Teep was always real nice. But the other, us four, <laughs> us no, four were, yeah, yeah, were very toxic to each other back then. And, you know, I, at the start, I would take it and I would like just be like, okay, whatever. It's Cram being Cram, it's Aches being Aches, whatever. But after this, like when we had won this much and they still weren't giving me that respect and that, you know, what I felt I deserved from them i started being like an ass like krim would tell me to do something and at the time he was playing battlefield a lot and i'd be like go fucking fly your jet in battlefield man <laughs> like get, like get the fuck like like i would be like standoffish towards them kind of because like i eventually was fed up with it and i wouldn't put up with it anymore so i was just like pushing back and so it was one part that another part you know us being toxic to each other and then the third part being they thought like Damon was better than me and like X really loved him. Aix really loved him. Krim really loved him. And so it was just like, Damon was nasty at the time. Like Damon was really, really, yeah. really good at the time. Like a lot of people see karma now and like he's retired and stuff and they see that karma, but like, that's not who Damon was like Damon. When he played on young guns back in BO one was like prime karma. Like he was disgusting. And then in the but- like he was really, really, really good. And so there was, it was all those things combined together and it you know, it was still one of the toughest droppings I've ever had to deal with. I mean, like, they, I didn't get to play the, the BO2 champs with them, got picked up the event right after, played all the way with them, and then got dropped one event before champs in Ghost. And it's like, yeah. dude, if I had just got one champs with them, we would have won. And that's why, like, this year with Krim, it's like, dude, I finally get a chance with you. And, of course, we fucking win. And so it's like, dude, if I could have just had one more, I would have taken the Ghost one or the BO2 with you too. Like, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Well, I mean, yeah, because it was uh, it was it got even more controversial because obviously you joined TK, um, and then there was like an event UMG Philadelphia right afterwards. Obviously, there was some banter. Bit. If I remember correctly, that was the event where there was some interesting um, yeah, trash talk thro- thrown across the stage, mostly from uh, Aix and then Mister X just parroting it, um, <laughs> which which is still right. I feel like people don't realize like how long ago that was because that still comes up in my timeline occasionally. Like, yeah. no, for like no reason, even though it was, it was seven years ago. Yeah, it was literally almost seven years ago. Wow, that's <laughs> insane. Dang, you just I bet you still get super it. old, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you still get that clip sent to you, didn't you? I bet, I oh, bet all like, the time. Yeah. That's why you can't snipe. All the time. <laughs> all the time, dude. It, that, that event was actually a wild event. It was a blizzard in Philly. A uh, fire alarm got pulled or a bomb threat got called and like... I remember I, I, went, I joined TK and I told them, you know, I, I thought I was going to get an optic offer, but I didn't get the optic offer. And, and I was like, huh, interesting. Like, I guess I, I got to find another team. So I told TK from the start, like, they don't need to expect to sign me to a salary or anything. I'll play this event with them. If I get the optic offer, I'm going to go. If not, I'm going to stay on TK. So that, that was all clear and open to begin with. They expect, they knew this was kind of like a one, maybe two event thing. And so, um, 
we actually lost first round of winner's bracket against eagle slayers which is revin <laughs> next uh i don't even remember who else is on the team but who is now my coach now which is funny on the subliners um and ended up almost losing down one two tied a sovereign dom map four against fuse which was like wheats and pac-man i think was on that team maybe um and we end up coming back run all the way through the losers bracket all the way to the finals against complexity win the first map and then just get absolutely smoked the next three <laughs> and it was tough because i'm like Dude, that's my team. Like, I'm, I brought the, like, no offense, because Sharp, Nestle, and Theory were very good at this time in Ghost. I mean, they ended up playing us in the next game's finals. You know, they were, they were solid players then. But, you know, it just felt like the whole time, like, that, there's the infamous clip of me not shaking Porter's hand. Like, I got that linked to me all the time this year, because, like, <laughs> me, and, me and Porter are now friends, and me and Krim are good together, and, like, there, people were always like linking that clip of me, like shaking my head, not shaking his hand. It was like, I was pissed. Like, I thought like that was my team. Like, like, I don't know. I was, I was pretty upset about that one. So um, that video got linked all the time. I think there's still amazing clips from that event. I mean, there's the Neslo freak out yeah. that, that is notorious. Um, I mean, the trash talk between us and Envy was awesome. Uh, there was, you know, Eagle Slayers were talking shit the whole time. So that event was actually a lot of fun. I actually really enjoyed that event. Yeah, it certainly was like the wild, wild west back then. Yeah, like it was. Yeah. It was the stuff you could get away with, and you no problem would even dream of doing like half of that stuff nowadays. Nah. But they just go into the game, get ready on stage, and that's it. There's no time like going Dude, berserk. One of my like we we played Envy on Sunday morning for top six at eight o'clock, seven thirty in the morning, and we played at this one station where they didn't have an Ethernet cord long enough to get to that station to stream it so we played it off stream and it was one of the craziest series it's that the neslo pop-off that series it was game five round 11 like every map was super crazy we had a crazy comeback on octane dom and none of it got streamed and like that's one of the series that just got lost to the like the, the nothingness that i i still to this day wish i had <laughs> well like I said, fortunately you know there are many games like that for you that have, uh, <laughs> that have gone through your career. Let's jump forward. Let's talk about the World Championship 2014. Third, you end up coming in with, with Optic Gaming in, in that one. Um, obviously going to be disappointing probably to see your ex-teammates uh, walk away with the W. Yeah, especially when we had them. We had them in the winner's finals. We were up 2-1, up 22 points going into the half at Sovereign Dom, and nade shot and bows blew it and <laughs> you know we, we it was a tough one um you know and then the composure was just gone i mean got smoked by envy that tournament was pretty crazy for us uh cinderella story out of us i mean we had some crazy moments i mean the round 11 red alley push uh was sick on freight s and d um you know our blitz was way better than theirs we just like figured that game mode out with like the goalie and the sneaking and, and all that stuff that's worse than dom and there's like dom is like down there and you know blitz is somehow below that and it's like okay um you know it that one stung a lot too you know after so it was six it caught xp for me made like twelve thousand five hundred. yeah uh, top 24 black ops two champs that one i that one is still my biggest regret in, in all of call of duty was that that uh, that champs um and then 
to get third when we had them on the ropes to get a grand final spot. And, you know, they probably would have beat us in grand finals if they made the run through losers. Um, but we, we had had a chance and that's all we were looking for was a chance. That's what our team was built on was like, give ourselves a chance. We're good players. Uh, we, we we're hungry to win this. Yeah. It sucked to see him win. Um, you know, Damon went back to back. Those, those two years contributed to his, his three rings, you know? Yeah. So if that, you know, if I just take one of those, which I very well think I could have, I mean, it'd be the full time looking, right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 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 So, yeah, that would have been insane. I mean, the other time was pretty good for you, I think, in terms of like your career projection, because not only is optic, a lot of eyeballs and that makes you a fan favorite a lot of the time. Uh, but also, you know, that gold medal, like you got a gold medal. That's something that obviously no longer exists in Call of Duty. It's a very unique uh, winning point. Yeah, I think I think me joining Optic was a, a huge part of my career leading up to where it's at now. Um, I mean, I I had kind of stoked the fire and started getting, uh, you know, we'd done well on complexity and I'd done well with TK and Unite. And it was like this body of work. And then I got the spot on the Optic when Optic was kind of in a very bad place. Like nobody, every, Optic was kind of like a joke to a lot of people at this point. And it was more of a meme, like, you know, uh, they got they got it all the time in BO2, like, go play Minecraft, go play Minecraft, because that's what they were doing was their content stuff. And that's why, you know, Oct Optic or Nade, Scump Hex are as huge as they are today. It's because they were doing this stuff back yeah. then. And, and they saw the vision. And that was something that inspired me a lot and helped me understand and learn how to do content and you know it's not like they taught me but just watching nade do vlogs and him forcing me to be on camera and do vlogs with him and hex forcing us to to do these streams and you know not pay a salary and be like your money comes from your stream income and stuff like and so it made us more motivated to do that and um really it was just they taught me how to do content and they allowed me a good spot to use my talent in call of duty to help them win a tournament and kind of like put them back on an upward trajectory competitive wise. And that was something special to me. I mean, we, we did something special uh, with Bo's getting third. I mean, even the qualification for champs and then uh, leading on to X games, we did the impossible and beat, beat EG and beat Cole, which really hadn't been done in quite a long time and uh, did it with style. And then, you know, BTK in a game five and like that, that gold medal, I'm actually, I just now got it framed. <laughs> um, I, I just took it into a framing place to get it framed. I've had it like just draped on a nail and finally it's like, all right, I'm going to put it in a frame, put a little plaque on it, whatever. Um, yeah, it's still in my room. Like I love that. Me and me and Matt, uh, Nate shot still, still bond over the fact that we won that. Uh, you know, I think last time we were at the Hilton Anaheim, uh, we were at the bar and he was like, we won gold battles together. <laughs> and, you know, this is now you know, seven years later. So, uh, it's, that one still holds a special spot. And then the whole body of work of optic, like, yeah, we didn't, uh, do as good as we wanted the Anaheim choke uh, the next event and then kind of like throughout the rest of the year um, we didn't have great placings and it was partly because it went to the vector meta and I just really I'm, a, I'm not a sub player and yeah. um, it really hurt us a lot so it really sucked but you know um, I think I also got kind of screwed at the end of the optic team as well um, I remember Nade and so it was me, Nade, Scump, Proof. And yeah. Nade and Scump came to me and were like, hey, we don't want to team with Proofy anymore. 
And I was like, all right, cool. And they're like, we want Krim on the team. Do you think you can get Krim? And I'm like, yeah, I think me and Krim are so good enough friends. I think he, I could convince him to come to Optic. And I remember it was after season three playoffs or something in Ghost and last event in Ghost. And I was out back of the Columbus Arena talking to Krim Six for like three and a half hours, like convincing him to join Optic, like to do all these, like, this is all the things that could benefit you. This is all the stuff that could help you. You know, this is how Optic can help your brand and just explaining everything. And he's like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, all right, cool. We're good. And then like a week later, Nate hits me up and is like, hey, we're dropping you in proof for Krim and Formal. <laughs> and I'd like recruited Krim to the team just for him to be like, nah, I want Formal, not Clay. And then Formal goes to that team and then they start their next dynasty. It's like I pretty much <laughs> built I built that team for them. Like what it was. This is, this is exactly what I this is exactly what I meant when I said your career is insane. Like going mm. back, like so I go through it. Unfortunately for me, that I've been there for a lot of it. Like I'm always, you know, I've been in Call of Duty for a, a long time, and I remember it uh, like seeing the like the envious side of it because I was picking a straw at the time, and and like seeing all that stuff go down with the, you know, J Cap and Nameless having a bit of a tantrum. I'll say is is, is probably the easiest way to put it, and it all going berserk, but. Yeah, that's the, that's the second time it kicked off. But you ended up joining Envy, right? You know, another very prestigious yeah. org in Call of Duty. Um, you know, it probably, you know, gives you the history to when you went back to them with with the Empire. Um, but yeah, that, cause that's, that turning point there is something that people don't really think about. What would have happened if it had gone the other way? Because, like, Krim could have gone to Optic. They also wanted, like, part of the Optic members could have gone, like, they wanted Scump or they wanted Karma to go over to, to that team. And, like, it was it was insane what could have happened with Envious and all the different ways it could have played out. But uh, you went over to Team Envious. Uh, and it was, I mean, the team did okay. And, you know, setting the world alight was not really <laughs> the, the the biggest thing I could say about this Envious team. Like, it was, it was a middle-of-the-pack team, unfortunately, Clay. I have, to, I have to put it like that, I think. Yeah, I mean, so, the, like, to, on what you said, so it was, like, the Envy team of Merc, Cap, Nameless, and uh, Formal. And they were really good at the end of Ghost. Yeah. They won the last, like three of the last four, uh, really good at the end of Ghost. And so then when Optic kind of dropped me, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the next best team, which is Envy. And, you know, right now. But obviously there was a huge jump in mechanical <laughs> movement from Ghost to Advanced Warfare. And Nameless had me running a sub, the, the two events I played with that Envy team. And I remember like, the first event we went to was actually pretty hype, but we weren't very good. Like, I mean, our, our strat literally was flood the hill with, and I had a sub like all the time. And like the first event was a like Columbus open. We did all right. Um, you know, I think at, this was the first time I'd really started getting salary from a team. And I think at the time, so this was early 2015, uh, late 2014 when the game drops, Stro gave me a thousand dollar a month salary. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Like, this is, this is awesome. Um, and we got like six top six at, at the Columbus open. I think we ended up losing to like optic and uh, TK. I think we lost to, and then went to the Orlando event and cap had something going on sick wise and he played like shit i played like shit uh we all played like shit and so then that was when the trade to denial happened where denial traded saints and zuma for me and cap and that whole period was a shit show and that's something that like i've been 
So I've across the years kept like loose notes of stuff that's happened. And I'm going to try eventually to put it all into a coherent like book someday. Mm. And they're not like fully fleshed out or anything, but I, that period is, there's so much stuff I wrote about from that transitional period, because I remember it was so much BS. Like one day, one hour I was on the team, the next hour I was on the bench, the next hour I was on this team on justice. And then on this next hour, I'm on this team and the next hour I'm a prof. And then the next hour I'm on, it's like, there was for two weeks straight, uh, just pure chaos with who was going to be on our team. And eventually I just like got fed up and I was like, just trade me. I don't want to team with this team anymore. I don't care. Like I've been trying to figure out a solution this whole time. And everybody just keeps trying to like get a better one. And then that falls through and they come back to me. So it's like, I'm tired of being the plan B fucking trade me i don't care where you trade me just don't trade me to justice um so like we're going to the denial thing because obviously you know um that denial team back then people weren't sure what to make of it in terms of like how well you were going to do i remember that being the things like oh is this team going to be any good obviously we'll we'll slightly skip over what denial ended up becoming in terms of a shadier shit org um and and kind of talk about what you did with them because this is a this is obviously a highlight of your career here and and it, i think the first inklings that this this team could be something better was eswc 2015 um yeah Oh, sorry, well, no, 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 the no, championship, yeah, yeah, yeah. championship before yeah, yeah. that, regionals, sorry. yeah, so it like, was like season one playoffs, yeah, season, season one playoffs, right? Like you guys come in like a, a, a very good team, and people are like, oh wow, holy crap, this this uh, this team works, like this team is doing very very well. Um, why why did this team work? Is it just like a better mixing mechanics? Uh, do you get, obviously um, you probably got along better, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, I mean, I still have the check is right here and I'm sure you can read out like the denial above me. And yeah. I hate, I kind of hate that it's advertising every time my camera's on me that like denial esports is in my background, but it is part of my history. It, they weren't who they were at the time. Um, yeah. And I think it's like, yeah, shit now. But back then we were kind of making that like they were on the up and up, you know, they weren't, paying us any money so they were, couldn't have been late on any payments you know so it's like so, you know like they, they didn't screw us over and actually robbie rignaldo the original denial ceo um you know i've all the stuff that came out after the fact proved he's kind of like a scummy person but yeah. to me he was really nice and he was a really good guy to me and like you know i met his grandparents and stuff and like you know, maybe that was because I was a star player or something and I was treated differently, but like genuinely, he was always really nice to me. And, you know, I will say that. So, um, you know, I have seen that players have been missing money and all that, all that stuff, but yeah. we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, the denial team was interesting because I wasn't even going to team with those guys. They traded me and I was like, I don't want to fuck a team with you guys. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I didn't want to team with cap. Because he had just gotten smoked at Orlando. I did not want to team with replays because I didn't think he's any good. And Attach was like the only, he was still, a, he was like a 17, 18 years old at the time. Like he was not, he was not like, and Dylan's still annoying now, you know, <laughs> like five years later. <laughs> so, and so like back then he was a, a child. Um, and I actually joined the team and I was like, okay, I'll play this 2K with you guys this weekend because you need a fourth. Uh, you know, I'm still figuring out my team. It's whatever. And we played the 2K 
and actually did really well together. And I ended up beating Optic in a comeback uplink, which was like, they never lost that fucking map. And I was like, oh shit, like, yo, like we ended up losing to Optic, I think, in the series. But the fact that we won that comeback uplink, I was like, maybe this team's kind of good. You know, maybe, maybe we got something here. And so I was like, all right, let's give it a week. Let's, let's practice a little bit. Let's see what, like how we play together. And we practiced next week. It felt like the vibes were great. The strats were great. We were playing really well. I was like, fuck it. Let's do it. You know, like, let's, let's do it. So literally that comeback up plank won us champs in essence. And then I remember um, season one, we did okay. Playoffs we went to uh, actually got second in that event. Um, there was a, one of my favorite one V threes I've ever had was in the finals of that event versus optic uh, on riot S and D and it was just, it, we, we played well together, lost to them. And it was like, all right, whatever. And then we went to regionals. Um, got Made a crazy losers run, actually. I think we like lost a TR early on or something, but then made a crazy run all the way back, beat them through losers, and then lost opting in the finals again. Um, but it was just regionals, so it's like, whatever. And then the, the, the month between regionals and champs, there was like four 2Ks or three 2Ks. And we lost to E6 in the second round every 2K because like how the seating worked, we just played them second round every time and it was a best of three and they would just beat us every time. And so we literally got second rounded and in the three 2Ks leading up to champs and we're like, oh, we're going to get fucking (laughs) shit on. (laughs) Like we thought it was, it was chalk. And then uh, I think we end up dropping as we were up 2-0 and we were talking shit in, in pool play against prof which was like classic and a couple others at the time and uh they end up coming back and reverse sweeping us and so we end up getting second seed in our pool which played first seed in the other pool which was optic so first round matchup chance us versus optic and i remember a specific moment when they were there was like a potential we didn't play them it was like a 50 50 chance and uh, i remember we were all in the lobby when they dropped the brackets and i remember like nade pulling up the the bracket and being like oh fuck and like getting super pissed and i'm like standing there with attach and cap and i'm like hell yeah like like they're pissed that they play us and so it's like oh well this is our opportunity to beat them because they're like scared of us you know and you know went went to the event fucker the next day and and beat them and then kind of used that momentum throughout the entire the entire tournament and uh had some crazy matches first TR, like, which was, you know, Facento, Nagafin, uh, Remy, um, those guys. So, uh, Aqua, you know, oh, those, those guys. Those great games. I remember that. Those were really good games. Yeah, they were. They had some crazy uplinks against us. And, uh, you know, it was, it's crazy how much I remember of, of like, I remember like all the maths and stuff and exactly like how much we lost by and like pivotal moments because it was a big moment in my life. You know, winning champs was the only thing I didn't have at the time. I didn't have a ring, but I had like everything else, UMG, MLG, yeah. Gfinity, X games, yada, yada. Um, but I didn't have a ring. And so this was like my team of scraps to throw me to the wolves. I'll come back leading the pack. Like all Infamous everything line. worked. Infamous you know, line. Perfect. It's one of my best tweets of all time still. <laughs> um, I'm pretty proud of that one. And uh you know everything that followed i mean it was it was it was fun winning champs it was fun winning it with those guys it was uh, a, if you don't mind me just quickly saying because yeah, obviously yeah. i was there and i saw that champs get won if i remember correctly a lot of emotion from you coming off of that stage like a lot of emotion um if i remember correctly i was only about two meters to your left when i saw just <laughs> just how much it meant to you yeah. after you did all the the confetti and the ring stuff and like 
uh, and kind of going through that, you could kind of tell like just how much obviously like either stress or tension was built up behind actually winning that world championship. I mean, you've won three of them now. It's old hat, but still, <laughs> you know, that, well, that first one definitely meant a lot. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It, I like there's still if you go back and watch some of the vods like i i was genuinely crying at some point and and like that that tamps was such a a release and such a like a weight off my shoulders pretty much because it i'd been hunting it you know this is the, th the fourth million dollar tournament i played at and um you know i was constantly feel like i was battling against the forces that be and like couldn't couldn't get a good team or couldn't do this or couldn't do that. And then to have the performance that I had and like to drop a 1.32 or whatever it was at champs. And just to, like, I think in the grand finals, I went on like a 14 or 12 streak or something. And like that streak and like that, like that me playing the way I did and it succeeding was like, so Carthaic, like Carthaic for me. Like I was just so happy to like perform that way. And perform that way and win and win the big one. And it, it just, there was so much pent up behind that, you know, years and years and years and years and years of me just wanting to be the best in the world. And I feel like for at least a, a moment, I was the best in the world. And, you know, our team was the best in the world. And I was the best player on that team. And it's a super special feeling and something that was like a childhood dream for me. And that's why it meant so much is because like, I'd always wanted to be the best video game player at something like at some video game. I've always wanted to like be number one. And I feel like that was me being number one, you know, for a brief moment in time, yeah. I was the best player on the best team. And it, it just felt so good. No, I, I obviously, I can't imagine it when I've done it myself, but yeah, like <laughs> incredible achievement. I have just noticed and I, I promise you, I have not done this on purpose. I'm actually winning or wearing the, the championship hoodie from that event. <laughs> Genuinely. This is the 2015 awesome. World Championship hoodie. Um, <laughs> didn't even realize I just put, I threw on a hoodie quickly to, to do this. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, obviously one of the crowning achievements of, of your career. Who knew back then you would do it two more times? And we've got to move forward a little bit now because like I said, I don't want to spend five hours with you with you going over bits. And it wasn't a terrible rest of AEW for you. You ended up going on to phase. Um, was that just more that phase is... It's it's phase, right? It's a huge brand. Denial, you know, while they were good at the time, going to phase. You basically played for every major organization that's ever been in Call of Duty at this point. But going to phase, how did that how did that come about? Um, yeah, so basically after X Games performed well or performed poorly on Denial, uh me and Tats were like, Hey, cap and replays, it's becoming a Slayers game. This team isn't gonna really work out. Um, they were cool with it, we were cool with it, we were trying to get uh, Zuma and Enable, they're like, nah, we want to stay with Hook and Slasher. So I went and hit up Hook and Slasher. I was like, yo, you guys trying to team? And they're like, maybe. And then Zuma and Enable heard about it, and they're like, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, we're going to see with them if you don't believe in us. And and then Slasher and Hook were like, no, we were just considering it. We weren't going to do it. And Zuma and Enable were like, nah, screw you. Like, we're teaming with them. Uh, they're like, you guys just come to phase. And I was like, all right, that's kind of a no-brainer, uh, you know, denial phase at yeah. the time, especially even now. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> even phase. more now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, phase is phase. Um, and no-brainer went over there, immediately had a godlike tournament, UMG Dallas, twenty-four and two map count or something like that. One of the craziest tournament runs we've had, three out in the finals, easy peasy. And we go to Gfinity, uh, crazy one-three comeback and a best seven in the finals. Uh, kind of falter off a little bit at UMG BC the next event, and then came back super strong for the season playoffs and uh, 
in Columbus and won those two best of sevens, reverse swept the best of seven versus Epsilon. I mean, that, that phase team was something special. Um, that's why I'm so happy to be a team with Zuma right now because <laughs> I, I love Zuma. Tommy is one of my favorite friends, uh, favorite people in all of Call of Duty. Um, I love the way he plays. love the way he's, he is as a human. And really excited to team with him on the subliners this year because I think we're going to capture some of that phase magic, some of that like tenacity and resiliency uh, that we had on phase because those three tournaments that we won were still three of the craziest tournaments of one. It was like one, we dominated two of them. We like had to make crazy comeback wins. Uh, and this is at the time of optics, fucking yeah. dynasty, just like super strong. And, yeah, you guys, and we're just you guys like, put a little bit of a discredit on their, their dynasty by kept beating them in, in AW towards the end. Yeah, I mean, like we, we made it a conversation between complexity and optic because of us beating them. So, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad for that. I'm glad that, you know, I was able to at least, and that's something that I've always, I feel like been able to do is like, no matter what team I'm on, the best team in the game, I'm always able to play close. Yeah. Like I'm always able to like give them a battle, like give them, give them a run for their money. We're going to prepare for you. We're going to try to beat you. And like, we're not just going to roll over and die. So that's something I feel like every team I've been on ever has been good at. It's just like putting it like, you know, going toe to toe with the best in the world. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And obviously this kind of brings us on to uh, Black Ops 3. Right, we go through Black Ops Three because you were with Phase for a long time, right? Um, with them all through, well, you were with them in AW all through Black Ops Three, going into Infinite Warfare. Looking at Black Ops Three, like you guys were definitely a top contendering team, but you never really seemed to get in that position where you're like, oh yeah, we're the best in the game, or we're gonna really lock it down. You were always just like on that bubble. Why? Why do you think that was in that game? I think there's a couple reasons. I think. Personally, we all kind of were like a little pissed at the AW season and we're hoping Black Ops 3 would be like our comeback and then had a couple like like that was the thing about the phase team is like the performances were good enough to keep us together, but they like weren't good enough to satisfy us. And so it was like we were trending downwards morale wise, but we were still sticking together. And so that was mainly what it was is like, we just weren't good enough at the game. Like we, none, none of us four individually were really good at black ops three. And like, you know, we all had our moments and yeah, it was here, there we'd show flashes and we would always contend because we were good enough call of duty players. Yeah. And we were, we cared enough that we would watch VODs and stuff, but like, we just weren't good enough like at the game. And that's simply what it was. And you know, that happens in call of duty. Like there's iterations that come out where certain players just aren't good at the game. Like they just, and, and it's, and it, it sucks because sometimes it determines and defines your career. Like yeah. for example, Slack was one of the, been one of the most consistent players of all time had a very poor MW because he's the game just didn't suit him and it or his team. And now he doesn't have a pro team next year. And he's probably going to play in challenges. And like, that's ridiculous. Like that sucks and, and it sucks, but that's, that's the nature of call of duty. Like who can adapt the best. And you know, I'm sure if we had in Black Ops 3 gotten top 16 every event, you know, I would be on an amateur team too, you know, but like <laughs> at least, at least we were performing well and yeah. like getting close, breaking top three, top fours, top fives. So, you know, it's just, we weren't good. And, and that's kind of, we all had a little bit different priorities. Um, we were all kind of relishing being in phase and having that fame and notoriety of being in phase and uh, enjoying all the stuff that comes with that. And, you know, it was, we just weren't focused and weren't good enough. And, and, you know, 
I honestly think we were really good at Infinite Warfare, though. I think we actually had many opportunities to win events in that game and just blew them all. So that one, that one, I actually think we were really good at. But you know, let's get there then, because we've got to. Obviously, there's a world championship in the way. Um, oh yeah. And one of the things, like normally, you know, if a team like yours, you know, hasn't had that many wins in Black Ops Three and is struggling like that, I'm surprised after a top eight finish, the team didn't change going into the next season. Well, I think our whole mentality was we were really good at AW together. We were still good together in Black Ops 3, but we just weren't good at the game. And so a new game switch was what we needed to get back to AW. So I think that's where our mind was. was like we lost to the top two teams at the champs. I mean, got really unlucky with the bracket. I think we had to play... Envy second round who won the tournament and mm -hmm. then after we won like one match or two matches and losers we had to play splice who ended up getting second in the tournament and uh you know it was like you know we that's where we were all year we couldn't beat one two but we could get three four five and even though we got top eight it's like we very well could have gotten uh you know the rise bracket where they got a free third place yeah and and that we played them in pools where I still to this day uh, insist they threw that match and <laughs> fellow and Bryce have like, I'm really good friends with both of them. They both have told me and sworn to me. They did not throw that match. They were just getting smoked, but you know, I think they did for the better. <laughs> but um, we'll never know. Real, yeah, really. It was just the switch of the game and we thought we would do better. And then we actually saw some success. We, um, well, that's very bright back there. Um, we, Got first at PSX, which, you know, I think two of the top teams weren't there. And then we went to Vegas and uh, I think it was like a top six or something. Uh, Vegas was top three. Like I said, it was, uh, it was a good yeah. run. You had a, re yeah. you had a really good run, actually. Um, top three Vegas. Atlanta Open was top six. So that's probably what we're thinking of. Then you went to Paris, the Paris Open. Um, I'm trying to remember which Paris that was because it wasn't good. <laughs> None of them were in terms of just how they, they played out. Oh, that's uh, the second place. That's the second. Yeah, that was yeah. The Just Dance one where I That's... threw my medal across the stage because yeah. they restarted it, yeah. And somebody said I threw it in the crowd and hit somebody in the head. That, that, that rumor went around. I remember that for a long yeah. time, saying that you basically assaulted a member of uh, uh, of the yeah. fans. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, worst, the worst part was that th there was a camera on us, and I you could see it on the big screen behind us. And so when I was walking off stage, I looked at the camera and saw that if I get to this point, I'm out of frame, so the stream won't see it, you know. And I'm gonna take it off and I'll throw it in my chair, like fuck this metal. And some kid was recording me right here, <laughs> like from the stage. So I didn't see that kid, and then that video got posted, and then it was a whole big deal and all this stuff. And, <laughs> oh man, I was so mad. I like honestly, Bryce Facento. Uh, saved my career potentially in the interview afterwards you know how they did that fucking losers interview yeah the stupidest thing in existence of sports ever and uh especially esports and i was about to blow a lid i remember at one point i was like yep they, uh, i said a bunch of bullshit it was like yeah it's kind of fucking sucks but whatever they play better than us and then, like, everyone in the crowd is, like, looking around, and, like, it was super awkward. And I remember I was about to say some really terrible shit, and Bryce walked over to me and, like, put his arm around me and was like, yo, just chill the fuck, chill out, chill out, <laughs> man. Like, calm down. And I remember he, like, made me take a couple deep breaths and stuff. So, um, you know, Bryce really helped me out there. Even though He wasn't even on my team. He was on Rise, who got third, and he, like, walked over to, to me and, like, you know, friendly, just, hey, chill out, man. And it sucked, but um, 
Dude, I honestly think we we're really good in Infinite Warfare. It's it's super unfortunate the way that the phase the United trade happened. Yeah. Because what what happened then? Like that was Vegas very soon it? after, right? Like how many yeah. more? Um. So it happened pretty quickly after that. There was Paris, then there was Dallas. You came third at. Like I said, these aren't bad results, but I, I'm guessing with pro players, like if it's not a win it becomes one more reason for the team not to stay together. Because everybody always pushes for that number one spot. It doesn't matter how good you think a team's done. Oh, we came second. Pros don't ever care about that. And that's something I have to always explain to people. It's like, I can say it's a good result if they come second. A pro will never accept that unless they've had like the worst year of all time. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that was, uh, it was after that. You played a couple of, couple of like online tournaments and then there was stage one playoffs. Uh, and then the United trade happened. Yeah. Um. So after well, stage Anaheim, one playoffs, top sixteen. Sorry, the last one. Oh, oh, that was the, okay. So <laughs> stage one playoffs. After stage one playoffs, we had a talk for like five hours together, and we all decided, hey, we're going to be adults about the situation. One of us, we need a change. So let's figure it out as a team what we want to do. And I was the one who brought this up, and I was the one who's talking to everybody and figuring it all out, and you know, making sure everyone's comfortable, while they were all scheming selfishly <laughs> trying to buddy up with somebody to get them off the team you know like you know if we stick together then neither one of us can get dropped and one of them two is going to get dropped you know such bs and um eventually we i played a 2k with united uh we we did the trade and like i was said i was told i was being traded to united after stage one playoffs and then we played a 2k together and I think we won it. I think we won the 2k together. I was on like, that's where yeah. the mopey tugboat thing comes from. And, uh, then phase was like, no, we can't figure out a deal. So you're playing Anaheim with us. And I'm like, okay, like whatever. And then, um, so I start team with them again. And, you know, obviously it's like, it's like how United was in BO4 when they tried to drop me. And then we played Fort Worth together and got last place because you can't like, you can't mend that. Like, for me personally, I'll give it my all and I'm able to look past things and be like, Hey, like, even though you guys try to drop me or, you know, wanted me gone, I don't care. I want to win more than I care about like my personal hurt, you know, like I, I would rather be a good competitor than, you know, a, I don't know, you know, you know, and, and so I, and then I got a root canal done the day I flew out to Anaheim Wednesday I got a root canal done and it was super painful, super, super abscessed. It was like swollen as hell. I was on a bunch of codeine afterwards. I was prescribed it. It hurt super bad. So then Tommy Zuma had a, a ganglion cyst on his wrist, like right here. And so it like affected his thumb movement and he just got surgery on that. And so we go to Anaheim and he's all fucked up. I'm all fucked up. <laughs> We're like on painkillers trying to play in a team that's already broken. And it's just like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> and um, yeah, we got 12th or something and it was like, okay, it's done. Then I just remember it was a huge clusterfuck about who's getting traded I remember one point it was attached for gunless and attached calls temper. And I heard attached be like, there's no way you're trading me, Tommy, like freaking out to temper on the phone. And it was just like every man for himself. And I was like, whatever. Like at the time we had this, there was this investor in phase and he uh, was handling all this like stuff. And he was kind of a fucking dickhead. And 
dude, he, dude, he, dude, I, I, I was the captain of the team. So we would lose within 30 seconds of us losing. I'd get a phone call from him. And if I didn't pick up, I'd get fined and I'd pick up and he'd be like, what the fuck did you do? Like, how did you let this happen? You know, like screaming at me, like, and, and so like, I didn't like him very much. And I became very standoffish with him as well, because, you know, I don't, I don't care who you are. You treat other people with respect when you talk to them. And that's all I ask. Just just treat me like a human being. Treat me with respect when you talk to me. That's all I ask. Like, you know, we can have a civil conversation about us not doing well, but I don't yeah. want you coming and yelling at me and being like that. Like, that'll set me off. So um, he never respected that. And I was constantly at ends with him. And so I remember, like, at one point, it was like two weeks after all this hubbub. And they're like, all right, we've made the deal. We're trading attach for gunless to United. And that's what we're doing. And I'm like, all right, cool, bet. Called Gunless on the phone, talked to him for like an hour, went to a concert that night. And this was right at the time uh, all the stuff with my ex-girlfriend happened, where there was all that stuff happening. And so I was in like a very unstable mindset. So I'm like out drinking at a concert, texting Gunless, being like, hell yeah, I can't wait to team together, yada, yada, yada. Um, he, was high, he was like, yeah, man, it's done deal. And then I go to sleep and I wake up to my phone being spammed at like nine in the morning. I'm just like constantly ringing it. I like lean over and I see it's the, the investor dude and I pick it up and I'm like, what's up, man? And he's like, uh, Hey, Clayster, uh, just want to let you know that, um, we just transferred you to United for gunless. And, and I was like, Oh, what the fuck ever dude. And I'm like hung over, <laughs> like hung over as hell. Like it was like, well, like I'm so over this. Like I, I don't care right now. I was like, whatever, just trade me, dude. I don't give a fuck and hung up the phone. And it was just like, all right, you know, it's, it's done deal, uh, whatever. Wow. And, and was still living in the house with them, with, with Zuma and Abel, my ex-girlfriend and attached. <laughs> and it's just like, it was a, it was a pretty shit situation. Um, I believe I made the both, most of it. I mean, we went to United. I think we got third at the, uh, the next event we played at and then top six at champs where there's the infamous choke yeah. against envy and then got smoked versus LG who we beat at the beginning of the tournament. Um, that one was rough. That 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 chance is still that one hurts a lot too. That uplink really sucks. And I suppose I don't know. like like I, I said this before to you, like your career is a roller coaster. Uh, and I think I've tweeted about it as well. Like when you go back and see what's happened to you during your career, well, we haven't even got into modern times and the amount of drama and just <laughs> just the highs and lows that have happened to you across this I'd look forward to that book. <laughs> you you yeah. write that book, that's gonna be great. Um but yeah, like it's it's in, it's insane because obviously we go into World War Two now, um, and looking at some of these results, like the first one is Dallas top six, which is admittedly like we're the king of top six on a United, dude. We are the kings of it. Yeah, New Orleans top six, uh, <laughs> Atlanta top six. You aren't wrong here. Stage one top eight, admittedly. Uh, Birmingham top sixteen, but that was the well, that I'm finished the Yama event. Yeah, the Ayama event that everybody talks about. Pro League top six, you are right, and then Seattle top three. So that's like you managed to to, to beat it there uh, and kind of get above it. But it was a little bit rough sailing uh, for that team. And obviously, you know, you had uh, I believe after the Pro League stage one, you had your first change. RCs left, and you got Fellow in. No, silly left, not RCs. Come on. Oh, man. sorry, <laughs> wrong order on my screen. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we got uh, silly who left, and uh, and and Fellow came in, right? Um. Yeah. So. When I joined the United, I was, like I said, not in the, let me move this thing in the back. It is shining very bright. 
I don't know what it is. My dog's like play bin or something. <laughs> um, so basically, I joined the United and I was not in the best headspace. Um, Alec and Preston were not the players or the people they are today. Um, I remember after after IW champs, they thought I was going to leave. And I remember Preston came up and was like, it's an honor to play with you. You know, like he saw me as like an idol, not like his peer. And this is, so that was the whole thing with the United was Justin silly. Um, I had teamed with back in 2009, 2010 uh, on a team called TVA team violent apprehension. So I've known silly for a long, long time. There's actually a video on YouTube of me and Justin with the TVA guys back in like 2009 playing like video games with them and stuff. It's actually pretty neat. Um, so me and Justin kind of known each other for a long time was a big part of me coming to that team. We get along very well. Uh, and you know, we're, we're good friends and Alec and Preston were still just super young and green, but I saw the talent and potential they had in infinite warfare. I mean, they were a good team. They won an event that, that year, um, you know, they, they always, when they, I always judge people how they play against me. And I just knew Alec and Preston were something special. And so I wanted to see them that come to fruition. I, I saw something in them that I thought, um, you know, could win world championship. And so World War II was a weird time because I really wasn't being a leader. Um, at the end of IW beginning of World War II, I was just kind of like, still kind of full of myself um kind of like seeing like going on a bunch of different dates and you know just enjoying life and placing well and playing cod and just enjoying like the single life and stuff and then um you know after a couple months i was like all right you know back to back to the normal like back to normalcy a little bit kind of get back bring it back in figure reprioritize my life figure out what i want like do i want to keep playing do i want to keep uh, you know, doing this, what do I want in life? You know? Yeah. And I really decided like, I want to, I want to win a world championship on the United. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to take this team with, with Burns and Clerky and Shipley and Brute and all the social guys and Adam and Jamie, the owners, like I want to win a world championship on a United. And like, that's what, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to set my mind to this. This is what I'm going to do. And so, you know, we had all of World War II, um, decent enough. See it. Like, then we eventually were like, all right, we need to make a change. Um, somebody's not cutting it. And I wanted to keep the twins together and the twins wanted to stay together and United wanted to keep me. So the only other option was silly. And that's just how that works sometimes. And, um, you know, I decided to pick up fellow. I thought fellow had a lot to offer our team and he did bring in what we wanted him to, which was vibes and communication and, and really just strategy thinking, uh, at a high level. And, you know, we placed pretty well with with, uh, with fellow. I mean, the third at Seattle where we kind of actually blew a bit of that. Um, I think we could have made that grand finals. Um, and then what so the good next yeah, <laughs> Anaheim, yeah, was so good. Yeah. Anaheim was a rough one. Um, I actually have blocked that. I think that one is where. Oh, man. I think we lost the optic at, super early in the morning or maybe that was Black Ops 4 Anaheim. I'm thinking of um, but anyways. Not so good, but then we went to champs and yeah. we did some special stuff at champs and that champs is actually still out of all the champs that champs is still my favorite champs um, that where we got fourth and more were two. And that's something that is a lot of people are like, what? Like you've won three of the other ones. And it's like, yeah, but that champs was something special. Like we often got knocked out for some reason, every optic fan thought of us as like the underdogs and wanted to cheer for us because we had a great story and, you know, we're sticking it out and me and the twins and fellows, a good kid. And, 
you know, United is a good org. Um, so the whole crowd was for us. Uh, the United chants were crazy. The, some of them three O's we had, some of the play calls we had, um, just plays in the game. I remember there was a, uh, against Red Reserve, there was a CTF on Flack Tower yeah. where they scored an overtime in like 40 seconds. And then I made oh. a play call and then we, the play call worked perfectly and we scored and three O'd them. And like, dude, that, like that, there was a bunch of moments throughout that mm-hmm. event that were really special and really fun. I mean, even against LG, they were up 1 0 against us in losers and up 5-1 in the search, and we come back in Alec 1v3s, and we come back and win it with a 1v1, me and Cap, round 11, which is still one of my favorite <laughs> 1v1s of all time. I love that 1v1 so much. Um, and, you know, we, we ended up petering out. Um, couldn't close it out. It, it was pretty tough. Uh, Envy choked versus FaZe. I, dude, Envy got 5-0, came back on last map versus FaZe. I talk to Kyler about this all the time this year, Hook, because I know my United team could have beat the Envy team, but we could not beat that phase team for some reason. And if Envy just wins that search and plays us, we beat them, and then we're top three and we have a chance to go to grand finals. Like, honestly, I was so mad about that. <laughs> but, um, you know, we got fourth. There's still that iconic uh, ascent that they created for that event. For United did. It's still, I've gone back and watched that a bunch. Um, us hugging afterwards, me crying afterwards. Um, that one meant a lot. But it, we got, we got close. We gotten, we gotten closer. We had some crazy moments. It was an emotional event for me, but um, it helped us going into the next year. Yeah. Um, Just before we move so the, on from World War yeah, Two, um, I, I know this isn't maybe relevant to your placements and and the vibes within the team, but there was a very memeable moment um, in in World War Two. In regards to your in-team comms, and I'm guessing the vibes about your what was it, nine-foot cannon or or something along those 15 lines. Fifteen-footer, fifteen-foot cannon. Um, yeah. Is that just like, is that just like typical of you having fun while playing and something? There's probably been more of those, right? That people have never heard. Oh yeah, there's been plenty of those. Um, there was a moment we were one in five in the league, and we had one match left or two matches left. And we'd been so serious about it and just like getting so mad and so, so much anger and aggression and frustration. And just like, we were getting smoked in the league. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is I've qualified for every playoffs ever, except for like one way back in ghosts when it was like six matches didn't matter. Made more money commentating that event than I did qualify. I would, if I want it, if I, you know, qualified. So, but I, we've done some crazy comebacks in the league, like one sevens, two and tens, like where we've come back and qualified in the league and placed respectably. And a lot of people can't say that because qualifying for playoffs is actually pretty hard in those, in those Columbus leagues. And I realized we needed to beat Epsilon and Epsilon was the worst team in the league. And we were at the point, the second worst team in the league. And so I was like, <laughs> we have to beat them, but we cannot play how we've been playing the past six matches. So guys, we need to just let's have fun. You know, we'll go hard the first map. If we win this first map, let's have some fun in the search and in the CTF because we, I think we're better than them. I think we know we're better than them. And so we went hard the first map, beat them. Next two map, we're just completely like that, just trolling the entire time. And you need series like that. You need moments like that to, to like lighten up and, and to, you know, relax everybody and, and re- give a little bit of release to everybody. And I honestly think those leagues in World War II is the growth period for Preston, Prestini. I think he really grew a lot in those league periods in World War II, and that helped a lot going into the Black Ops 4 league periods because that was the main thing with the United guys, with with the Twins. Um, Alec less so than Preston, but there was a lot of teaching them 
not, not teaching them, but a lot of me helping them grow up or like watching them grow up or them growing up in a way that was counterintuitive to the way I thought they should go about it. So it was just like a lot of growing pains and learning experiences with that team. And it was, it's, it's cool to see where they're at as players and as people now, because, um, they, you know, they didn't really have the confidence back then. They didn't really have the swagger or, uh, they didn't really have that, you know, I'm a fucking pro player <laughs> that you need to win. And, yeah. and really that's where that growth period happened was in World War II. That's awesome. I mean, that's awesome. Like I said, it's, it was interesting to me because you only ever get to see snapshots of pro players at events. You never get to see like who they are unless you get onto stream and you can get a little bit more. Um, but obviously we go into uh, probably a really good time for you, right? Uh, Black Ops 4. This is the obviously a very infamous year for you because you guys start doing great. You get busy on the team. It's gone to 5v5. But also the 1400 days thing, the 1300 days thing that starts becoming a thing. Did you know, like, was it conscious in your mind or was it the first time that meme sort of popped up? You're like, oh, crap, it has been a long time. Oh, I knew. <laughs> oh, 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 I was I was well aware of how long it had been. Um, it After IW Champs, I almost quit. Like, I was pretty close, pretty close. And, you know, it had been a couple events in AW, all of Black Ops 3, all of IW, so about two and a quarter years and i was like oh man like i'm this isn't i'm not having fun anymore like i'm i'm struggling i'm struggling to find the motivation to get on and every day and put my effort into this and i'm struggling to find meaning in it and and all that stuff so um you know going into then world war ii where like i still say it's one of my favorite chances even though we got fourth that reinvigorated the passion in me and that reinvigorated like I want to fucking win again. Like I'm, I'm going to like tired of screwing around. Like I'm going to give this my all. And you can ask Luna, my girl, um, like I, I barely cared about it. I barely talked about it. And then going into Black Ops 4, I like, I watched every tournament match from every tournament, and every team in that game. So every tournament, I watched every match, not include like, you know, every other team, every single round, every single pool play match, watched everything. Like I was playing a lot. Like, all I wanted to do was win. And, you know, we in World War II ranked play, I saw BZ have, like, four accounts all in the top five of ELO. <laughs> and I played against him a bunch. I was like, this kid's nasty, so I want a BZ. Super cheap from E6. Let's get a BZ. So found him, got him on the team, uh, ended up putting Cap because it was going 5v5. We didn't really know how that was going to work out. Um, got second at the first event where I still think we could have won that event. There was a couple chokes from us on Seaside. Um, and failed comeback on suicide in the winners finals. A lot of crazy moments in that Vegas. I think that Vegas was a lot of fun. That event or the venue is really sick at Vegas and the crowd was electric and we had a lot of fun up on that stage and we were having a good time. And then we went to the league. We were two and oh, lost to envy in the league. And I got schemed on by a bunch of people. Um, that whole thing has been well documented and it's, it's, it's funny. Me and Cap are friends again. We've been playing rocket league yeah. and stuff the past, past couple of weeks together. So that's good. Um, you know, won a world champ with him, you know, so all this stuff is kind of irrelevant. But, um, one thing I will say about this whole time period was I had realized I kept getting dropped because I wasn't close to the org and it didn't matter how close I was to the players, but I wasn't like attached to the org in the face of the org. And that's really what I did on a United. And one of the main reasons why I stayed on a United was, I was their face, you know, all the twins are there longer. They paid me a lot of money to do a lot of content and to be, 
you know, United sold the most jerseys at that champs in World War II than anybody else. And that's a big deal. Like we, we cornered, like there was those pie graphs. It'd be like optic has 78%. And then it's like United has like 12%. And then everybody else splits the remainder, you know? And it's like, we would always had a decent market share, a decent corner of the market yeah. um, because we were a likable team. Uh, we had a lot of energy. We had good content, um, good branding. Well, okay, branding. And, you know, it's <laughs> and it's and they were it was made of good people, and yeah. that's really what made United so special. Was it was just made of good people, and they they respected me and trusted me with the team. And like for all the decisions that were made, from dropping silly for fellow, for dropping fellow for Capenabizi, for putting Simp, Celium, Illy, and Turn Up on our academy team, to dropping Brian Saint to Faceno was all me and Burns. Me and Burns decided all of that together. And none of that was just like, he took a lot of the blame because, you know, fellow was uh, silly was pretty upset and I was really good friends with him. Fellow was pretty upset. I was pretty good friends with him. Brian's pretty upset. I was good friends with him. Yeah. So United took a lot of the blame, but me and Burns figured all that out together. And I built the team. I built every facet of the team. You know, we like me and Burns put the team together ourselves, like everything other than me and the twins, which we had been together the whole time they didn't really care about what like the team they're like you know we trust you you do it um and really that that whole thing with them trying to kick me off the team and then you know us going to play our fourth league match together after they all decided to drop me and i'm like yo why is everybody acting fucking so weird like just let's go hard like let's give some passion we need this win for first seed let's go and like i'm the one inspiring and motivating the team while they're all like it just got done dropping me the night before and we ended up winning the match and um then you know all this stuff happens united wants us to try to stick it out go to go to fort worth get smoked top yeah. 16 we beat yeah. wreck who actually got third that of or fourth that event or something yeah. where we they're the only team we beat and then got went one and three smoked out of the tournament um we're like all right we need a change and me and birds were like I, I was like, Burns, put Simp in for Cap. Trust me. Just put Simp in. Just put him in. Trust me, dude. I've known Simp since early Black Ops 3. Put Simp in, dude. Like, I'm, just put him in. He's 18. Put him in. And RC's impressed him. We're like, nah, dude. Simp's too emotional. He's a head case. We don't want him. <laughs> Abizi was like, no, dude. Like, we don't want Simp. We don't think he's going to perform well on the main stage. We just think he's an onliner. Yeah, like, he gets know. nervous on LAN. And I was like, Burns, I don't give a fuck what they say. Like, you're putting him on the team for at least one event. Like, you're putting him on our team for one event. And Burns is like, all right, I trust you. And he kept me around, dropped cap. He's like, I like, you know, they were all in on the trust on me. And that's something that I love United to this day for. I still talk to all those guys because I trusted them. They trusted me. I respect them. They respected me. And we had a vision. We, we had a plan. Like, this kid has been on our cadet team for a year and a half. Like, he's been on our academy team for a year and a half. Before academy teams were a thing, Cod. And we we're paying him 500 a month for a year and a half, like 18 months. And I'm like, dude, we did all this to have him when he turned 18. So use him when he turned 18 yeah. and he turned 18, threw him on the team, God went to the league, <laughs> went, went three and one or four and oh in the league. And then went to London and everyone's like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> oh shit. He's fucking good. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I've been saying like, yeah. I'm glad they listened. I'm glad it worked out because you know, now he's, in the conversation for one of the best players of all time, the past two years, not all time, but of the past two years. Yeah. And maybe down the road, he will be considered the best player or one of the best players of all time. I still love Chris to death. I love it. Beasy love the twins. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys, the, the whole United story arc 
with the twins, with Burns, the United guys, um, and then with Simp and Abizi. Yeah. It was so special, man. I mean, um, really like second place in London. Then we go and get six at Anaheim, and it was a grueler where we did not have like it we were pissed. And I think that fire really just fueled us into the first seed in the in the league. And then in the playoffs where we just dominated, um, you know, obviously Gen G fought back a little bit, but in the end we took it from them and then went to champs and win or won. And such a defining moment for yeah. me and, and the 1400 days with the playoffs win. And then the champs went back to back right after um, with the team that I genuinely feel like I helped build from yeah. the start uh, with Burns and really helped just put this whole thing together. And it was a fruition of something that like, my vision and my leadership style and what I see in players and in talent and everyone listening and trusting each other and the conversation and the way I give criticism, like all this stuff is now validated and shown that it works. And that was such a big thing for me. Like it, it helped me grow that those wins helped me grow as a person so much and just be like confident in my abilities again. And really that's why I think you saw the success of this year is because I was so confident and comfortable in my abilities after blackouts four that, um, I just feel unstoppable now. Oh, well, I, I, fair play to you, I think, for, uh, for a lot of this. And I, we've got to maybe speed up this next bit because I don't want to keep you too too long, um, even though we've got so much good things to talk about here. Um, the the simple thing for a start, like, I think people people almost forget about the open bracket, by the way, because I remember watching Simp in the open bracket just absolutely grind through teams. And he's sitting there going, like, there's always the questions of how they're going to do against pro players. Like, it doesn't matter. When you dominate an open bracket, like the lower bracket like that, you're going to be good in the league regardless. Like, it's going to be more difficult, sure. But he obviously came in like an absolute phenom that year. Um, and he probably should have won console player of the year that year. Something you're actually nominated for. We will get that to that in a minute. Um, but that world championship and that playoffs, emotional for you, emotional for the rest of the team. I remember being backstage um, and you guys like needed a minute <laughs> or five to kind of, uh, kind of almost like regain. Like you could tell like the entire team it, it honestly right and and this is how i saw it. it almost looked like you guys had lost like the amount of emotional outpouring and how devastated the team was after that win it, if you've got all they lost you'd be like yeah that made sense but you guys were i don't know whether it was just like there was a combination between the whole lot of you just like holy crap we've just done this you know and even to the point where like the world championship again another huge one just so much raw emotion in that team get those Almost like I've never really seen that from teams. Very, very rare. Yeah, I think it really was um, a passion project for all of us. I think we all cared a lot. I think everybody on the team really, 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 really wanted to win. And both, like, we had talked about it all year. Like, I had done the math. There's the tweets where I did the math. I'm like, if you win every league match and win playoffs and win champs, you'll make 273,000. So I did the math. And then, like, after we won... We won everything, and I think we only lost like two league matches. And I was like, "Damn, I was off by two grand," you know. Like, and that's just like we were we were so focused on those two goals. Like the rest of the year didn't like mattered, but like our goal was the league playoffs and champs, and that was it. And so for us to accomplish those goals in that order, and to you know get all four of them their first rings. Um, I love that, dude. I love getting people their first rings. Like, it's like my favorite thing in the world now. Like, I got all four of them, <laughs> and then I just got three more people. Like, it's it's so special to me to to win a, a world championship with with people who haven't done it before, and then even with like with Porter, who has done it before and a couple times. And um, 
you know, I just, we tried, we tried, we tried really <laughs> hard, man. And I think it showed. And I think that that's what that emotional outpouring you saw was, was just like, we tried so hard and we accomplished it and like, holy crap, we did it. So. I mean, obviously congratulations, you know, year, year later, but big wins, obviously for, for you and your career, from what you said, for, you went from 1400 days to winning playoffs, winning the world championships. And we go into franchising and everything hits the fan again, because if I remember correctly, and you can correct me for any part of this that's wrong, United were anticipating a spot in the franchises, and your contracts were all held up a little bit because of that, um, till the point you eventually went to Dallas. Yeah, um, United was stringing us along for months, saying they were, if the, the deal is a football field, we're on the 10-yard line. All right, we're on the five, we're on the one, we're on the inches, we're on centimeters, and then, oh, we didn't get a spot over the course of many months, so... Um, you know, our team would have stuck together after champs. And if you look at how MW went, um, I mean, the three top teams had us five scattered throughout them. Yeah. And if you if we would have stuck together, that means all those teams are a lot worse. And we would have probably dominated last <laughs> year um, with how good we all played. So, uh, you know, it, it sucked, uh, but I'm thankful I landed on my feet in Dallas uh, with a good team and a team that I was really excited to play for. You know, I took a pay cut to, to play here and I moved my whole life here, um, you know, not on the team anymore. But it was it was a tumultuous time. Um, you know, Kyler uh, and Shotzi and Ender hit me up and they're like, hey, we want a team with you. You're our fourth. A couple of days later, Krim became a free agent. Here's our fifth. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, 1400 days to playoffs and champs, won three events this year, um, you know, poorly at Minnesota launch weekend, got second in London. That London event this year really helped us uh, figure a lot of things out. Went to L.A., won that one, kind of faltered a little bit, won two of the online ones, which is, you know, whatever. Uh, but then really buckled down and showed our medal at champs where. You know, in that grand finals, we looked unstoppable, and we, we we felt unstoppable. Honestly, you certainly did. Before we cover that world championship in a bit more detail, um, I have to ask you this because at the start of the year, I remember a lot of people were, to put it politely, slating you, saying you are not, you aren't really anything without the phenoms you unleash on the league. You aren't without Beasy, without Simp, right, or or with the twins. People were saying that you were the were not the biggest factor in that equation. Um, did that ever kind of get into your head or like did that ever kind of thought pop up during the year going, I have just, admittedly, especially with Simp, right? You've basically unleashed this monster onto the Call of Duty world and you're like, oh crap, I can't team with him anymore. Yeah, you know, I would love to take all the credit in the world for, for all these players that yeah. I've played with that ha have seen success, but you know, it's not all me. It's they're they're talented players. Like Shotzi is a phenom. Simp is a phenom. Like a busy, even attached back in the days, especially held on Slack back in the day. Like all these players I have teamed with that have been younger have been very talented players. And I just, I help guide the way. And I've over the years learned how to do it in an efficient way. And so I know now, and you, you asked like Simp did a, a player's tribune thing where he kind of like wrote a big, um, Thing about a story and he gave a little paragraph to me saying like you know and he's one of the only ones that's actually given me some solid credit for helping develop him and then my teammates this year especially did it as well being like hey you know clay and Krim played a huge part in, in our development and they helped us you know become successful winners and that's really where i come in i teach you how to win i teach you how to be a winner i teach you how to like all the little things that add up and i know all these players we're playing against so i can help counter strat and i can help you get into their heads and think like think how they think so you can you know i'm i've been around so long i know i can add all this value 
And when people say like, oh, you just got, you got carried or, you know, you weren't a factor point. Like I dropped a 0.98 and people are acting like I dropped a 0.5 or something or yeah. 0.7. Like for me and the role that I play now, I, if I wanted to be the main slayer on a team, I genuinely feel like I could do it. I mean, if you look at the champs this year, when I was trying to slay hard, I slayed hard. Like, but there's a thing with KD and I, I think this is something that we were tweeting about to each other the other day. Um, let me give an example. There's, you know, you're on main AR. I'm holding a lane that's pushing to a hard point. The other team's set up in the hard point. My teammate runs in ahead of me, <clears throat> dies. Now, I kill that guy that killed him. So my KD is now, you know, infinite or whatever the fuck it is because I'm one to know. So I can then choose to stay in my exact position and just pre-aim, even though it doesn't help the team at all. I'm not applying pressure. I'm not going for hill time. I'm just pre-aiming. Till my second teammate runs by, he dies by a guy, I kill that guy. Now I have a 2.0. Okay, great. I have a 2.0 KD. But that's not how you should play as a main AR. When my teammate's in front of me, I'm following him. He dies. I get to trade. I jump into the hill and try and get a Kai weak for my third teammate behind me to then trade out. So now I'm one in one. And so my KD is a one, but I've made a play for the team so that my third teammate gets a kill then gets a two-piece then we get the hill control so now the difference between a 2.0 and a 1.0 kd oh he's got a 2.0 he's doing better no the 1.0 kd is what just helped his team win the game and is what it's helped his team succeed and is getting points yeah and a lot of people don't understand that <laughs> and a lot of people think like oh man ar you should have crazy stats yeah, the main ARs had crazy stats this year, like Skies, Wuskin, Octane, because they all sat in a window and didn't do shit to help their team win, you know? And, and that's no offense to those players. That strategy does work in 5v5, especially. Kill whoring does work in, it, in it, some moments, but I've never been that type of player. I will never go for stats like that. I will never do something that never helps my team win. I'll never sit in, a, in an irrelevant location just to get kills. And that's why my KD looks the way it does. If I want to stat, I can stat. I can stat <laughs> with the best of them. Trust me. But I, I'm all about winning now. And I'm all about winning. And people are like, oh, Clay's wasn't even a top five MWAR. It's like, what game were you watching? <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't have crazy numbers because I was trying to win the game every time. Like, and we had three tournament wins and a chance win. We won four tournaments out of nine this year. Uh, I think that's pretty good. You know, like, I don't think you could be below a top five AR. It's like, yeah, yeah. Shotzi, yeah. amazing. Hook, amazing. You know, Simpabizi, amazing. All these players, Illy, they're so good. But I play my part in my team, how I should do it. And the teams that I, I build and the teams that I go into are built in a certain way of understanding that I am the glue that holds it all together. I'm not the star that shines i'm not the ceiling of this team i will put you in positions to be that player i'll put you in position to be a star and i will give you the leash to not like call you back and be like no no no, don't push that out shotzi it's like no dude if you're confident to go get a two-piece you slide in that fucking door and go get a two-piece like you know i'm that type of leader like I, I i push you to be the star of our team and that's that's not on the stat sheet. It's an intangible. It's something that I think a lot of people don't give me enough credit for. Um, go listen to the comms from the champs finals. Yeah, go I, listen to the comms. I will, I will agree with you here. And I think the problem is, is that Katie's such an easy thing to see and you can't see the intangibles. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but that's what coaches are for. That's what analysts are for. That's what 
you have to explain because it's very easy to say somebody's frying with a KD without knowing what they've done. Um, so my last bits here from the actual storyline, and I said I want to do this fairly quickly because I said 90 minutes, but I think we've done well to cover a decade. Uh yeah. <laughs> we, we've actually done a good job getting to this point an hour and a half. I'm not going to lie. Um, the world champ. So we can put this into 24 hours, right? Because you win the world championship, your third ring. We've seen the, the the celebration and how much it meant to you. And then obviously in the next 24 hours, your world got flipped, turned upside down. Um, so let's talk about that from world championship to teamless again. Yeah. Um, winning back-to-back champs and getting dropped off the team both times kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> but I was relatively prepared for it as much as my Twitter suggests I wasn't, <laughs> but I, you know, we found out a month before champs has gone four V four. And I did the, the math in my head. Astro loves hook. He's not dropping hook. Ilian Shotzi and hook are all attached at the hip. You can't split up Zio. None of them three are going to be gone. They're not going to be okay. Dropping any of them near Krim. Krim has been trying to get, or Stroh has been trying to get Krim on his team yeah. since Ghost. Of course, he's going to keep Krim. He's the GOAT. So it's me. I'm the one gone. So I know I knew for a month I was the one gone. I was talking to my girl, and I was even cracking jokes to the team about it. Like, you know, why even show up on time if I'm just going to get dropped in a couple of weeks anyways? Like, you know, I was – but like I said, I'm a competitor. I'm able to, like, put that past me. They were all like, we haven't even had the conversation yet. We don't know who it's going to be. Krim was like, let's play for the spotted chance. It's like, no, like, you guys might all think that – but I know I'm getting dropped. So like, yeah, you might not have had the conversation. Yeah. You might not have had that. Um, but I knew it was going to be me. Um, so, you know, I told them when we won, we were all together. I was like, Hey, just when this decision is made, tell the person immediately. So they have time to figure out a team. And, you know, a lot of people were like, I was even kind of pissed that it was like 24 hours, but I was also pretty, I would rather it be, 24 hours after then three or four weeks later because then the teams are figured out and stuff so it gave me ample time um so i'd rather it be this way it just kind of sucked for my emotional well-being um yeah. but you know i still won like the check hit and i'm like great you know so <laughs> yeah, it's you like that, that. i saw that i saw yeah, that yeah yeah i had to flex that one I, i've never gotten a, a deposit that big so i was like holy smokes but um yeah, then the rings are coming in soon with the Jordans and all that, and that'll be really nice to have. We haven't got those yet. I, I, no, yeah. no, 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 I have not got them yet. They usually take about four or five months to get the rings to you. Um, but yeah, so realistically, um, it sucked, but it was a decision that I genuinely believe all the guys over on Empire, like Rambo, Crim, uh, Ant, Hook, Ender, uh, even Stro, Graham over there, Shay, all the videographers over there, all the social guys. I think everybody over there genuinely feels bad. It's a shitty situation. Yeah. And it's not a decision that, like, normally I'd like to hate somebody for it. You know, be like, fuck, fuck you <laughs> for doing this. You know, fuck you. Blah, blah. But it's like, fuck you, the league, I guess. So that's the only thing I really can say for making this decision two years after going 5v5, uh, a year after going franchising. You know, it would have made more sense to start franchising now, going back into 4v4. Um, it shouldn't have been 5v5, let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I mean, yeah, it was, it was shout out to them trying to merge pubs and competitive and then just immediately saying, screw it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it sucked, but that whole process, uh, this this transition went way smoother than the other one. 
I think my stock is pretty high as a player right now. I think everybody understands I have a, an eye for developing young talent and for kind of setting up the future of your franchise, as well as being a really consistent and good enough player. And I, br- I bring all the intangibles and, you know, great content guys. So I've, I was able to find a, a landing spot pretty easy. Um, the process kind of sucked though, because it's like, obviously Dallas is off the table. Uh, Atlanta picked up RCD. That's off the table. Uh, Chicago is picking up Dashy. That's off the table. So it's like, okay, where do I want to go next? I'm still trying to win. I'm trying to three-peat. Like, I'm not yeah. – I could go – I could have went to Minnesota and gotten paid a lot of money or went to Seattle and gotten paid a lot of money. Um, but I want the best team possible around me, and that's really how I ranked my teams. And, like, I'm getting paid less than what I could have got paid on other teams again this year, yeah. uh, even after winning again, champs. Um, because I want to be on a good team. And, you know, if you really look at the teams that were formed at the time, it was like OGLA with like Austin Kenny and uh, TJ was a, was a, you know, a really spot that I wanted to go, uh, you know, me and Austin on the same team. Although people might say like, Oh, two ARs. Uh, I firmly believe cold war is going to be at least a two AR or one AR one flex meta. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, that team was like one I was looking at, um, I was really trying to do something with uh, with Pharaoh, um, but you know I think he he uh, Florida really wanted to keep him over there. I was really looking to do stuff with Priesta, um, but he really wanted to stay with Major Maniac and Major Maniac being a main AR that really wasn't going to work out. Um, <clears throat> you know, really discussed uh, some things with London and uh, kind of with Minnesota as well, trying to figure out some possible options, and then really talked to Zuma about a uh, team with him and Mac and was had my interest peaked by that and decided, you know, the organization is somebody, an organization I like and, you know, talk to the guys who own the team over there and stuff and met, met together on some decent numbers for myself. And, you know, I think I ended up working it out and saying, uh, you know, joining a pretty awesome organization and with some awesome people and I just got to get that fifth roster spot ironed out. (laughs) Honestly, I think, first of all, you look great in blue and yellow. You know, when I did the, uh, when I did the thumbnail for this, obviously I had to fake your hoodie and stuff because I couldn't get hold of an official one. Um, and it looked pretty good. So, um, first of all, like, I appreciate you coming on and stuff. We're going to do very quick fire rapid questions because I don't really want to take any more of your time up. I know I said we get this in 90 minutes, but I can say that this has been an incredible interview um, with your insights into this. Uh, and first of all, congratulations on your nomination for Console Player of the Year. Uh, we, we mentioned it briefly at the start. I think it's uh, an incredible honor just to be nominated when you think about how many incredible players there are in the league and in, in, in other esports. So congratulations on that. Um, and let's do some rapid-fire questions. Nothing big, nothing too open, and that will end the show off. Um, let's have a look. Would you consider some sort of motivational speaker role after COD? Your comms and story are inspiring as hell. Uh, maybe. I think I think that's something that I'm really good at. I think talking and just just explaining my point of view or perspectives or uh relating to people or no matter who it is i can usually find somewhere to relate to someone so um you know maybe i don't know i don't know what what the future holds for me all i know is competitive call of duty all i know is competing like i've been competing full time for eight years now Uh, i've been playing it for 14 um or 12 or something so really i I don't know a life outside competing. So when I'm done competing, that's going to be just new territory for me. I'll, I don't know how to figure it I'm out. I'm sure you can, you'll have a lot of offers when you finish competing from talent, so. the coaching to anything you, you know, you, you, you basically want to do. I get, like, I know it's irrational, but like I get 
weirdly worried about it like that i won't have like i'll just like be done competing and i won't be able to find a job and i'll just be like i don't know that not gonna happen not gonna happen i hope i, I hope not but <laughs> I, I have a it's like one of my biggest fears dude like not being successful after competing I, so i i mean i, I mean i could be saying this because the podcast but I'm genuinely not clay i don't think there'll be any issue with you going into a multitude of roles i think there are some players that really don't have the the skill set necessary to survive life after call of duty and there are some pros playing right now who are going to really struggle as soon as they finish i don't think you're one of them and I, you know i'm, I'm saying this as, as somebody who's known you for quite a long time not as somebody who's just going to be nice to you because otherwise i'll just move on um <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate it man Thanks. no dude, like here's the thing like i said i've i've, I've known you for a for a long time and you've never been anything but cordial to me at the very least and the way you conduct yourself while you know you wear your heart on your sleeve sometimes you know the way you think about things and you can rationalize and and be personable it's it's actually a really good thing that some pros if they are listening to this should probably keep in mind because call of duty is not forever um and while you can make an incredible amount of money hopefully they'll live a very long life um hopefully yeah uh so let's have a look lots of people asking about your team by the way everybody's asking about hydra obviously i'm guessing you can't say nothing about that because that's a team official announcement um somebody asking about a career montage have you ever considered a big career montage like that um well, i've had little bits and pieces so i did the chronicle which led up to the end of advanced warfare so yeah. like black ops 2 to advanced warfare and then i did like a 1400 days montage i had some textable do it for me and was good, it was a really it was a really cool montage of just like the the last time i won till that win but it wasn't like a, it was more so about that story and i really want to do one of those like cool moments like a montage s thing where it's not that much of a story like that, but just from Black Ops 3 to now end of Black Ops 4. Um, because that, I mean, Black Ops 2 to AW is three games, and now it's been five games. So I think I could create a pretty cool montage. Um, but I don't know if I'll ever do a huge, expansive one. I think I'll chunk it up into those little pieces like that, and then um, maybe maybe do something when I'm done competing as like a whole whole big hour-long thing or something. Who knows? Yeah, hopefully. I'm hoping the, uh, the, the CDL starts doing those big documentary-style ones for what is almost guaranteed a future hall of famer like a hundred percent right uh, I, I, I think that um so that's something that united did so well dude those ascents uh, that they did for us are something that i still watch to this day and it's something that um they actually created like a, a blu-ray box set like dvd set for me so like oh, i'll wow. have them forever and they're like you know I, I don't have it yet they're they're still working on it um but brute over there the media director at united is working on it and um, it's something super special to me. So those long form documentaries are stuff I'll show my kids. And that's something that Empire didn't do this year. And I was pretty upset with them about it. Is that like when we flew on a private jet to LA, went to LA, won a tournament, flew on a private jet the same night back. Like that's a move. Like that's a good movie. <laughs> you know, like that's a pretty, like the videographer, like Joe Fries was with us the whole time filming the whole time. And they are like, oh, we're not doing long form videos like that. We're just doing short by content. I'm like, that's a mistake. Like, that's a huge mistake to not take advantage of the, uh, of just like, you know, the story. Like, that's a crazy story. You know, that's a crazy story. I just wish I, I'm going I'm to push it on New York this year, especially, um, you know, those long form documentaries, uh, 45 minutes long of, of an event or something special. And I think all the fans love them. All the players love them. Um, I don't see why you wouldn't do it. Yeah, hope so as well. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this with one last question. Uh, there's a load in the chat, and I'm sorry I can't get to them, but I've had Clay for longer than I should have done. Anyway, your number one teammate of all time. Oof, it's a hard that, one. Dude, that, <laughs> that, that that one is really hard. Um, 
I, I, I gotta say Proofy. Proofy's probably my number one teammate of all time. I love, I love Jordan to death. Um, we haven't, you know, been in touch too, too much the past couple of years. Uh, but dude still holds a super special place in my heart. I still love him. And, uh, you know, there's a couple up there though, you know, honestly, uh, with, you know, not only him, Croster, one of my old teammates that not a lot of people know about was one of my favorite teammates of all time. Teepee's one of my favorite teammates. Zuma's actually one of my favorite teammates. Uh, Simp, uh, Arcides, you know, I've had a lot of really good friends on my teams. So it's really tough for me to say like that. Um, you know, I've, I've been blessed to team with a lot of really cool individuals who are just good, good, kind hearted humans. And, you know, if you're a good, good human being, me and you will get along. So <laughs> uh, just a lot of good people on my teams. Awesome. Good to hear. All right. I suppose any last thing you want to say to anybody watching or listening to this, uh, as kind of as a final thoughts from you or a shout out. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to, to all the empire fans who support this year. Shout out to all the subliners fans who are still with me, all the Clayster fans, Bryce, thanks for having me on, man. Lo- and, I loved you know, it. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know, shout out scuff gaming or something, you know, <laughs> we'll give a sponsor <laughs> shout out in there. Uh, and it's been a blast, man. I mean, it, you're, you're right, man. My career has been crazy and I'm, I'm glad that some people are interested in it and I'm glad uh, we got to have a little talk. Awesome. I, I cannot thank you enough for having you. And I had you a little bit longer than, than, than you wanted, but I appreciate it so much. And that means next time we can have you on, we can get some more hot takes from you and, and go on a bit <laughs> of a tangent because I've still got a million things to ask you, man. But I think we did a good job with your career and I really do appreciate you you coming on the show. And I wish you all the best of luck in, in, in Cold War as well. And to everybody listening, thank you for tuning in and listening on YouTube or Spotify. I do appreciate it. This has been the Bryce Cast with Clayster. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time. See ya.